Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. The mission of Food, Faith, and Feelings is to walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Brought to you as an educational program under the nonprofit, the Mana Scholarship Fund, our program is designed to help you better understand issues related to your physical and mental diet, what you consume that impacts your head, your heart, and your soul. We are thankful for our business partnership with Paradigm Security and Mr. Rick Strawn for providing this opportunity to come to you. We hope to enrich your lives as he has enriched ours. And so typically what I do each week is I have a guest and I am not doing that today. Mike is here in the studio with me. However, um, sometimes when I am working with a client, I will go into what I call a, as a mini lecture. And it's basically just education that I like to help explain maybe what the situation is and, and, and help the person understand the circumstances and maybe navigate their way through. And so today, I want to share information on navigating change. Why? Uh, Because I am going through change myself. And I'm not talking about the change. I'm talking about a very significant life uh, experience. My one of my uh, extended family members um, has died. And that was a sudden unexpected situation. And the after effects of this is that my mother is now moved to Atlanta and I was gone for a month um, because I was helping her basically uh, choose the things that she needed to um, take and really just kind of do everything for her. We're we're selling the house. Um, We sold a bunch of her um, stuff and she has moved down here and she's currently living with me. She's gonna be moving into another place um, very soon, but uh, again, we're waiting on the movers in order for her to move. So I'm gonna tell ya, y'all, it is tiring. It is so exhausting. And um, not that it's not worth it, not that I'm angry or sad or, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just what it is. And so I felt like trying to um, help you understand because I've been helping myself understand. I've been talking to a lot of people. I've cried. I've gotten angry. I've, I've had a lot of what we would call the stages of grief. Change is inevitable and change produces grief. Even if, even if, the change is a positive one. Let's say you're ready to retire or you're ready to make a big move to Florida. Like it seems like all of my friends are moving to Florida right now. And going through the change of even something that's positive, getting married, having a baby, all these positive changes are also filled with unexpected, unexpected situations, unexpected thoughts, unexpected feelings, unexpected experiences. 
And so change is so hard, even when it's good. And so I want to, I just wanted to share some different thoughts that I'd had about change. I just, first, I'm just going to explain and identify a little bit about what I see, how I see change. So change is inevitable. It happens every single day of your life. Most of the time, change is in very, very, very small increments. So that there's, you don't even notice it. I remember the one thing that I remember from 11th grade physics class is the concept of the just noticeable difference. And I use this all the time. The just noticeable difference happens when one of your senses picks up on a slight change. For example, if you're in a restaurant and all of a sudden it gets brighter or it gets darker, they have hit the threshold in your brain of the just noticeable difference where you understand that somebody has changed the lighting. Most of the small change in our life, we don't even notice until we look back and we go, oh my gosh, like six months ago, like when people come in for therapy to see me. They'll say, yeah, I don't feel like I've changed much. And I'll say, well, wait a minute. You've been coming in for six weeks or three months or whatever the time frame is. I want you to think about the day that you walked in here and how you are now. And tell me right now if you've seen any, if you can see yourself in a different way than you did when you first walked in. Most people can see that kind of a change. And so... We are, most of the time when change is happening, it's so small that we don't even notice it. What's really more of a um, bigger, a bigger situation is those big, especially out of the blue changes, right? These can be really, really hard, painful changes, and these can be really, really big, positive changes. For example, let's say you win a ton of money in the lottery. That can be a very big perceived positive change. Oh my gosh, more money. That's great. Well, there could also be issues that are connected with extra money that may or may not be positive. And so these sudden, unexpected, positive or negative out of the blue changes can have a huge impact on you in both positive and negative ways. These different changes over time, we can look back and we can either see growth or we can see regression. Maybe we can see growth in one area, but we can see regression in another. And so what I'm trying to say is change is normal. Change is going to happen. Um, And it's just a matter of how are you going to deal with this change? Your mindset has everything to do with how the change is going to happen. You can be afraid. And, and sometimes, like, I, I will tell you, I have been afraid <clears throat> during the last four or five weeks. I have been very afraid many, many times. The difference for me in terms of just pressing forward is recognizing what I can do what I am in control over and what I cannot do and what I am powerless over and really recognizing that there are going to be some things that you physically or mentally or emotionally or spiritually can do. There are also going to be things that you cannot do. You will need people to support you. 
In fact, if it hadn't have been for my husband, my aunt, my uncle, my other aunt, and one of my mom's very best friends, I could not have accomplished all of the things that I did in the four weeks that I did. They came in, they worked for, for days uh, in terms of helping to clear out, clean up, pack up mo- most of the house. So there's all these other different changes that I went through as well and, and things that I had to be responsible for. But if it hadn't have been for those five people, I, I would still be there. I could not have done, I literally could not have done. I mean, they worked, I mean, that's the work of, I don't know, five people, five days. That's a lot of work hours. That's like 125 work hours that it would have taken me forever to do. And so I want you to understand that you do need people to help you through change. If you don't have people, then you can go to a therapist. You can go somewhere where you can get some sort of support. There are support groups for just about everything nowadays. And so if you think that you are alone and you feel alone, then please take those steps and go and get some, some help and support and um, connection. Um, in fact, one of the things that my mother has been so insistent upon and really laser focused on is going to a grief group. And so we have found her a grief group and she has started the grief group, which is super important she understands that she needs people to get through this. Something else about change is, like I've already said, is it creates a sense of grief and loss. Even a positive change, you're going to have a loss. If you move from Atlanta to Florida, you're going to lose a lot of people, a lot of connection, a lot of familiarity. You know, when you go to the grocery store and they change everything around because of reorganizing, And it irritates the stew out of you because now you have to look for 30 more minutes to try and find the pizza sauce. It's terrible. And so change, um, again, is it, it, it can be costly. It can be, it can, it can create a lot of grief. And I think a lot of people don't understand that change and grief are hand in hand. I know there's a lot of people out there that they have had a lot of loss in their life and they, they have become very, very adept at weaving and bobbing. It's what I call weaving and bobbing and moving and navigating through these different situations and finding their new normal. That takes a lot of time. Um, it takes intention. And again, it just, it takes like in your head, getting to a place where you can learn that you are going to be okay in spite of the change, even if it, it's, and for some people that's, that's their sticky point. Like they're so afraid of change that they don't believe that they're going to be okay. But what I tell a lot of people, especially if they're going through recovery from an eating disorder or trauma or just anything is that it's still you, it's just a little bit of a different you. And it's hopefully a a more mature grown up you because change is going to help get you into a different place. I've said already that your perception is the key in coping with change. And I'm gonna talk about that in a little bit. 
part of the perception is that some people believe that they can change and that they're going to be okay. And other people believe that no lie that they are going to die. And I think one of the most fear inducing uh, thoughts and belief systems is that whatever I'm going to do is not going to be okay. I'm going to be in pain and I'm going to die. In fact, I think that for some people, and we know that a lot of people that have committed suicide believe that death is great, is, is less of an issue or less concerning than is the actual pain. And so one of the things I want to talk about also is how are you going to deal with this pain? I think another personal thing that you've got to figure out is, are you competent to deal with change or are you not? And being competent means that you have the belief and the sense that you are going to be okay regardless of the outcome. And that, I mean, you're just going to be okay regardless of if you don't get that job or if you do have a loss or you have a loss of a relationship or you lose money or whatever, are you, do you believe that you are going to be okay in the end? And people that navigate through change most effectively believe that they're going to be okay regardless of the outcome. And so if that is a sticky point for you, if that is something that trips you up, then you've got to figure out how are you going to be okay? How can you be okay if you lose all of your money? How are you going to be okay if you lose your marriage? How are you going to be okay if you lose your dog? How are you going to be okay if your spouse dies or when they die? Because it's, that's one of those things. We're all going to die. So we all have to figure out how we're going to be okay. And so really it's, it's navigating not that, as, uh, that specific loss, it's how can I manage the pain that is connected with this change? So let's talk a little bit about that. I've already talked about belief, like what you believe is going to get you to that next place. If you do not believe that you will be okay, and you feel powerless, and you believe that you're incompetent, you will always, I don't want to use the word always, you will remain a victim as long as you believe that you're not okay and that you can't get through it. Because a victim is in pain and they don't know how to stop. They don't know how to stop the pain. And so one of the things that I want you to understand about transition and change and and recovery and all these things is that pain is always inevitable if you can learn how to manage and navigate the pain and I don't mean avoid the pain I don't mean ignore the pain I don't mean pull up your bootstraps and just walk on I mean that is like that is a way but that will not that is not a coping a coping skill for getting through the pain. It is avoiding it for the moment, and you may have to do this for the next 50 years, but that doesn't mean that your pain goes away. This is why psychologists always wanna ask you about your childhood, right? <laughs> is your childhood stuff okay? And if it's not, if you have an emotional response 
then that pain still exists. And that pain will never go away until you, you learn to deal with it. And so how do you deal with pain? Well, one of the things that you need to do is acknowledge the pain. It's just staying there. I mean, this is what, this is why I believe that people that go in for therapy and look at death in the face are some of the most courageous human beings that I've ever met. People that come in my office are sitting there and, and, and I make them sort of sit in their crap. And if they are facing the things that are inside of them, because what's inside of us is often the most scary thing that we have to deal with. The stuff from our childhoods, the, the things that people teased us about, the way we looked. I mean, I know I was teased mercilessly because I had a, um, when I was going through my eating disorder recovery, I had um, a thyroid issue and I developed Graves' disease. And so my eyes bugged out. They wouldn't shut. I looked I looked so different. In fact, I went into the hospital extremely thin and underweight, and I came out 50 pounds heavier with bulging eyes. I did not like who I was. I thought I was ugly. It was, it was awful. But what I learned in my therapy during those, that time is that the pain inside of me was the most difficult thing that I had to deal with and and the greatest thing about it is I had already been through whatever the traumatic event was and so I've all I was already a survivor and so sitting there dealing with the pain looking at the at the pain feeling the pain experiencing wherever it was in my body and honestly just crying that is, that is honestly the best way to deal with your pain. Acknowledge it, feel it, and let it go. When you feel it um, and you cry and, you know, the, that deep, deep cry that you get when in your body sort of <laughs> like you're shaking. So what they found out research-wise is that that is the element that literally releases the pain from your nervous system. And so the healing is coming from the tears, from the acknowledgement, from the experience of it, and then the release of it. And then once you've gone pat, once you've gone through that, and you don't have to experience that particular instance of pain anymore, what what happens is you recognize that <clears throat> you have the ability to deal with the most difficult thing for you, which is your own stuff. And so I encourage you to write. I encourage you to draw. I encourage you to talk to someone. It doesn't have to be a therapist. It can be a friend, somebody that's willing to sit there and listen to you. Go to a support group. Like get it out because pain has an energy to it. And it will, if it is stuck inside of you, if you just say, oh, I'm going to swallow that, I'm going to put it all the way down in, in my left pinky, then it will never leave you and it will always haunt you. So the deal is, is that you have to cry. So when my mom cries because of her loss, 
when I cried because of the, 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 the stress that I was feeling, those were, that's the healthiest thing that I could have done. And so getting that pain out is super, super important. And then the next even more important thing that you have to do is you have to trust someone or something more than you trust yourself. And I'm going to say that again because I think it's super important. You have to trust someone or something more than you trust yourself. And there is a lot of people out there that don't trust anybody. Well, let me tell you something. You're going to get stuck because you ain't the end all be all. And you know, you just not. My faith is in God and in Jesus Christ. And I have overcome so many things because of my faith in, 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 the, in the triune God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God. In fact, I'm going to share one of my favorite images and, and from a Bible, uh, Bible story. Um, it's in Mark. I think it's in Mark 4. I can't remember the exact location, but you can look through Mark 4 and read it. Um, but it's when Jesus are, is in the boat with the guys, and they're going across... Um, a lake and a storm comes and Jesus is sleeping in the front of the boat and these guys are like dude <laughs> this is my take on it okay <laughs> this is Jeannie Burnett take on this this Bible story is they're like Jesus wake up dude we are going to die if you do not get up like do something and you know Jesus is sleeping right and so apparently it's okay they're not gonna they're not gonna die and so what Jesus does was he stood up, he calmed the storm, which in turn calmed the guys. And he said, do you not know who I am? You have God right here in front of you. And so I positioned a long time ago when I was going through a lot of business issues, positioned myself. And you're going to think this is, I don't know if you're, what you're going to think, but I'm spooning with Jesus. So I am nestled right up there. Jesus has got his arm around me. He is sleeping and I am, I might be looking at the storm, but I know that I am in the safest place that I could ever be. And that even if I don't see that I'm going to be okay, I know in my soul that I am going to be okay because I am choosing to have Jesus in the vision and in my life as I'm going through it. And so I, I want to pray for you. I want to hold your hand. I want to talk to you. And I want to encourage you that whatever the transition is, whatever the loss is, you are going to be okay. But please trust in someone and something more than yourself. And do not be afraid of your own pain. Deal with it. And that's all I got today, folks. I hope you've been encouraged. Thank you again for listening for today. Uh, I want to go ahead and do our verse of the week. And it is coming from Isaiah 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And I just want to thank the people who continue to support MANA 
And I want to thank you for tuning in to Food, Faith, and Feelings. We want to walk with you on your journey to wholeness. I really want to give a special shout out to my friend Chip Stockman, who I met about five or six years ago. He found us on the internet, and he continues to support MANA. And his company is Stockman Oil, and he is in South Carolina. So if you need anything pertaining to Stockman Oil, uh, please reach out to Chip and tell him I said hello. And be sure to subscribe to our show. You can find us on about 12 different podcast apps, such as Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. All shows are also archived on businessradiox.com. Just go to businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, and click on Food, Faith, and Feelings. Until next time, I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, and this has been Food, Faith, and Feelings on Business Radio X. (laughs) 